welcome to this Touch podcast activity, which has been recorded for Touch Oncology. This podcast aims to bring you expert insights from a multidisciplinary team on the use of immune checkpoint inhibitors in solid tumours. This activity is funded by an independent medical education grant from MSD. This activity is jointly provided by USF Health and Touch IME. In this podcast, a medical oncologist, an oncology nurse and a clinical oncology pharmacist evaluate the strategies for identifying and monitoring immune-related adverse events. Hello, my name is Ken Kato, uh, from National Cancer Center of South Tokyo. I am medical oncologist, especially for the upper GI cancers. And nice to meet you. And uh, I am joined today uh, by uh, Mrs. Tara uh, Howie and Uncle Ginas at the Royal Muslim uh, Foundation Trust in Central UK. And I am also joined by uh, Dr. Alison uh, Palmero, uh, clinical oncology uh, pharmacist at Oregon Health and Science University in uh, Portland, Oregon, USA. In this session, uh, we will discuss strategies for identifying and monitoring immune-related advanced events. So what common immune-related advanced events are associated with the treatment with ICI? So uh, what do you uh, check and take care uh, for the advanced event mostly? And for the patient uh, the using uh, with the ICIs, Dr. Allison. Yeah, so typically when I'm thinking about educating a patient on taking an immune checkpoint inhibitor, often the types of side effects that we're looking for are things like diarrhea, rash, um, even like hepatotoxicity. <clears throat> and then one of the irreversible side effects that we see are the endocrinopathies. So things like um, thyroid issues, diabetes, that sort of thing. So those are usually what I'm counseling patients on. Okay, thank you. So how about uh, uh, Tara? So uh, is this the same for you? Yeah, I completely agree with um, Dr. Palumbo. Um, we're looking a lot for like cutaneous GI, endocrine respiratory, hematological side effects, um, just doing a baseline assessment really um, of our patients and just seeing who may be more or less likely to to develop side effects as they go along. Um, as we're becoming more aware, um, somebody can be extremely fit and still develop these side effects. But I think if you've got a little bit of forewarning about somebody's predisposition, I think it can only stand to help. And again, just with communication about these things can happy to happen to healthy participants. Um, you can never have experienced these before, but they these drugs do cause them. And it's just about being as open and as timely as possible in letting your clinicians know if you develop any of these side effects. So early intervention can be introduced to hopefully avoid it turning into something life life altering potentially, um, or having to stop the medication. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, so uh, the communication with the patient and uh, the family is uh, very important to uh, check the uh, image checkpoint in future so to our. And so uh, the, it is uh, very important to control the arrays 
and to continue the, uh, the uh, uh, treatment successfully. So how the uh, image inhibitor so uh, uh, reflects to the, uh, the patient outcomes. So uh, how do you think about the, the, the correlation between the outcomes of the IRAEs? Uh, Dr. Harrison? Yeah, so there, there actually was a meta-analysis done that was looking to see if um, these amine-related adverse events are associated with um, efficacy. And what they found is that, yes, like there does seem to be a correlation with these adverse events and efficacy. So particularly like endocrinopathies and rash and even like, I think just having like a mild amine-related adverse event, these were actually associated with having uh, better overall survival. So pretty interesting that, you know, unfortunately, we don't want our patients to have side effects, but it does tend to um, predict outcomes a bit. Yeah. So there's a many reports that the patient who uh, suffered the uh, IRAs uh, achieve the uh, long-term uh, survival. So, so the IRE is a so-called on-target effect uh, of the ICI. So, the some patient uh, with uh, IRAs, but the uh, the severe adverse event with IRE uh, so sometimes uh, goes down the uh, patient outcomes. So, it is. Uh, we should uh, uh, check the uh, the uh, IRAs uh, more area and to control with them. So, uh, so Ms. Tara, so sometimes we, we should distinguish the uh, the similar uh, otherwise event uh, by the chemotherapeutic drug and, and or the immunotherapy inhibitor. For example, the uh, diarrhea uh, is also uh, the occurred by the ICIs and the some chemotherapy agent. How do we distinguish the uh, the similar IL uh, similar symptoms by IRA or the chemotherapy agent? So how do you think about? It? I think I don't think you truly can. I think you have to assume it's it's related to the cancer in its entirety and um, manage the symptom as best you can. I think you've got to remember your, remember your fundamentals of clinical care and just assume, not assuming that it's related to the drug um, that you you do like if it was diarrhea, for example, um, sending microanalysis of the stool sample, um, seeing if you interrupt the drug, does that improve the diarrhea? Um, that would go for a chemotherapy or or an immune checkpoint inhibitor, um, and I think I think you just have to do your best clinical builder um, to actually ascertain what is the cause of this, because it would be a terrible shame to stop treatment for something that was actually maybe even related to something that they ate at a restaurant, but that's caused them to have an upset tummy. Okay, yeah, thanks. So some uh, sometimes so we hear it. It is difficult to distinguish the uh, so any symptoms. So, how uh, about so? Uh, do you have any concern about that? So, Dr. Allison? Yeah, I would agree. 
definitely being mindful of different causes of these issues. So for instance, oftentimes looking at hepatotoxicity as an immune-related adverse event, it's sort of a diagnosis of exclusion. Like you need to make sure that you've ruled out disease progression or maybe viral hepatitis or some other cause before you attribute it to immunotherapy. And I think, you know, this is definitely an excellent question because we are seeing a lot more combination regimens coming out, combination with chemo, combination with VEGF inhibitors. So there are different tactics to sort of figuring out if we think it might be from one drug or the other. So for instance, combination with VEGF inhibitors, there's very explicit instructions on trying to figure out is it the VEGF inhibitor or is it the mean checkpoint inhibitor? And again, a lot of times it's it's very murky. Um, so just trying to be, again, you know, like Tara mentioned, being very mindful of this and using your best clinical judgment is going to go far. Yeah, so uh, so firstly, we can use a monotherapy. But in the recent trees, many combination therapy, uh, chemotherapy with ICI and ICI with ICI and ICI and the target therapy. So it is more complicated, and uh, so we need more information about that. So okay, okay. So oh, finally, so uh, do you have any uh, so point? Uh, to predict the IRAs, so before starting uh, the treatment, so uh, the so what is the risk factor of the IRAs uh, of each uh, patient? So uh, Tara, so do you have any uh, checkpoint uh, to the risk of the IRA? Yeah, I mean, I think we we look at um, the demographics and social history of the patient, um, medical history, medication history, um, any tumor-specific and agent-specific risk factors that may be involved. Um, I know there's a higher risk of um, immune adverse events associated with people who are less than 60 with a higher body mass index. Um, women who are on CTL4, CTLA4 agents, and men who are on PD1, PDL1 agents and could be more susceptible. Chronic smokers um, can have precursors to having more likely risks of immune-mediated um, adverse events. Um, and then just looking at things like their cardiac um, histories, um, if they've ever had any fibrosis of the lungs, etc. Um, all of those are, are precursors to thinking that someone maybe have a potentially more predispositioned. Um, but as we've touched upon, immune-related adverse events can be quite silent. So there's things that you can't know and it's only by doing blood testing etc that you can ascertain if they're having hematological or biochemical um untoward responses so it's about using both your practical um sense the, the process of elimination but also using medical science to to support your diagnoses and getting your differentials of what's actually happening Okay. Uh, thank you for the uh, the uh, many helpful and informative uh, talk, uh, Tara and Dr. Allison. Okay, so it's time to close uh, this session. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Touch podcast. 
You can access more content on this topic on Touch Oncology at www.touchoncology.com. Don't forget there are three other chapters in this series, so please listen in for further insights from the multidisciplinary team. Thank you.